Hi, I'm Dr. Emmanuel Aiko. The early signs of a heart attack can vary. The most common include squeezing across the chest, a feeling of unease, and a sense that something just isn't right. It can be easy to dismiss the early signs of a heart attack as the symptoms don't always feel severe. It's never too early to call 999 and describe your symptoms. Your NHS is here for you. Well, look at this! Here's the guy here just in the nick of time! What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir! Ain't we just! As a result of my procedure, I have an overpowering urge to consume blood. For the first time in my entire life, I feel good. Yesterday, I could barely walk. Today, I don't know what I'm capable of. I have the constitution of an Olympic athlete. Increased strength and speed that can only be described as superhuman. And all of this on artificial blood. I've become something different. That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Public enemy number one. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I am glad to be coming back to do another, I guess it's not a live episode, but another episode that is uh, that is myself and one of my one of my favorite pals, one of my 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 favorite person that I like to uh, throw on the buses every now and again with my <laughs> talk of film, etc. Just just the two of us going back to back. I'll let him introduce himself. Take it away, producer Dave. Hi, I'm producer Dave. Yes, I I'm the bus rider, or should I say, the bus sufferer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm the one driving the bus. Well, I don't know. I don't know in that analogy. Am I? I'm not driving the bus because if I'm driving the bus. I can't throw you under the bus, but I guess I can drive the bus and run you over in that regard. Well, I'm I'm the one standing kind of on the sidelines, and every once in a while I get a push push right in front of the bus. Just a gentle <laughs> nudge. But uh, but it's good it's good for, to have you back. I'm glad you keep coming back. You're a glutton for punishment, and I'll keep dishing it out <laughs> every time you come back. But I, I I've been looking forward to one of these episodes where it's just you and myself just talking about random stuff. Talking about stuff that's on the news, you know, the, the film and TV news uh, developments that are coming up. Um, we've been doing a lot of episodes where we've been interviewing loads of people, and I love interviewing people. I love talking about their projects. But every now and again, I like to just slow it down and just have you and me talk about 
our favorite films, because that's what the show is all about, right? It's about us shooting the breeze, film enthusiasts, film and TV enthusiasts, shooting the breeze about all things film and television. So let's let's get back to basics, shall we? So you're joining in on this episode. It's going to be myself and producer Dave, basically talking about some of the new things that we that we haven't talked about in ages, because that's what we haven't done that in a while. We haven't talked about some of the new shows that have come out, some of the stuff that's happened, because a lot of stuff has happened over the last few weeks. The Oscars happened, the BAFTAs happened, some films came out, some films flopped. Um, so we're going to be talking all about all of them and uh, and see how we go from there. So we're going to start off, first of all, let's jump straight into film and TV news. <laughs> Listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And a few weeks ago, <laughs> um, the Oscars happened. And uh, first things first, let can, can we acknowledge, right, producer Dave, can we acknowledge that my predictions rocked the chart? They were like, I, I, if maybe there was one that I may have missed, and I think I missed best film in my selection. However, the other five, I nailed it. I nailed best actor, best actress, best supporting actress. I think I have I have my list here. I, I, I can I can pull up the list and whatnot. But can we can we just just give you know just give me give me give me that applause. Oh, if you will. I, I, I've got no issue. So like giving you props for getting those right. <laughs> Fantastic. And that's, I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that. It's just the fact because I was shocked myself because I rarely ever get these things. I put in a, I was trying to get an accumulator bet, um, but then I found out that you can't do accumulator bets on on uh, things like the Oscars. And I heard a, a reason as to why recently, because there's a potential that obviously people could ha have insider knowledge and so on and so forth. And yada yada yada. Either way, I didn't use an accumulator. Either way, even if I did, I probably would have lost the accumulator because of that one guess that I missed, which is best film, which I thought Belfast would take it. And instead it went, no, I, I thought either Belfast or uh, I think Power of the Dog would take it, but instead it went to Coda, which I still haven't seen. Um, but anyway, that was the only upset in my list. There were five, um, picks that I made, I got four out of five. And I think that's that's batting well when it comes to the Oscars. Anyway, starting, that, that is my lead in to then what everyone, because nobody's talking about who won. Nobody's talking about who won the Oscars um, because of what happened. I, I mean, producer Dave, let me ask you this. Do you want to talk about the incident or do you not want to talk about the incident? Um, I think we need to sort of like, talk about we it. We need to address it. However, okay. you know, I think a lot of people want to forget it. Yes. And okay, a lot of people want to forget it. And to be honest, if I'm being completely honest, I'm one of the people that want to forget it. But I want to talk about it. It's like it's it's one of those things. It's like it's like you're on a diet. You don't want to eat chocolate, but there's a chocolate cake right there. It's staring you in the face. <laughs> uh, so I can't eat that chocolate cake. But the chocolate cake is there, and there's no other food in the house, so I have to eat that chocolate cake. So that so the Will Smith slap is my chocolate cake. Um, in the sense that it is so delicious, even though I don't want to eat it, I have to go in and I have to eat it. And a lot of 
people are like, what are you on about? Just either say it or move on. So I'm going to say it and move on. So first of all, here's how I caught up. Here's how I found out about the story. I wasn't watching the Oscars. Um, I was basically waiting for the next morning so I can go and check my accumulator bets and see what you know, that I won and so on and so forth. And the first thing that popped up was a Mark Hamill tweet. And the line said, you can heckle a comedian, but once you get violent, there's no excuse for that. Something along those lines. And then hashtag Chris Rock, hashtag Will Smith. And I looked at it and it was like, this is this is what this is weird. I, okay, fair enough. And then went down, grabbed myself some breakfast, clicked on the TV, and the first image that popped up on screen was that still image of Will Smith having swung a slap at Chris Rock. So I thought, oh, maybe it's just a gag that they're doing and, you know, everyone's like all up in arms or whatnot. And then I saw the video and I saw the, the unedited video where you see Chris Rock tell the joke, you see Will Smith laugh, you see Jada not laugh, and then you see Will Smith walk up on the podium and then slap him. You hear the slap and you see him walk back. And then he starts yelling at Chris Rock uh, about keeping his wife's mouth, name out of his mouth. And then you see Chris Rock shut down and then stumble on his words and then move on. And I was like, I, I, it, it was a gut punch for me. My opinion means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, like I'd like to give props to Daniel Radcliffe, where in an interview, they asked him, what does he think about it? And his immediate response was, he doesn't want to contribute to the noise, which I really respect that. And I want to be that guy, but this is my opportunity to speak my, my, my mind. So he obviously doesn't want to do, doesn't want to say that. I am going to use this opportunity. I'm going to put my own two cents out there, take it or leave it. Now, first things first, I don't care what the reason was, he shouldn't have hit Chris Rock, right? No matter what, he shouldn't have hit Chris Rock. Chris Rock, he, no matter how bad the joke was, it there were words, and I understand people say how, you know, words are cutting and whatnot, but they are grown men in an entertainment industry, in the entertainment industry, and, you know, they need to, they should, by profession, have thick skin. So the moment, hey, to be honest, I, I even I even started processing this and running numerous different scenarios as to how Will Smith could have handled that situation far better. First, the first thing that came to mind is look, Chris Rock made a joke. It was an inappropriate joke. What he could have, what Will Smith could have done is Will Smith, Will Smith could have walked up towards him, not even walked up. He could have started jogging towards him, telegraphing the fact that he was going to try and hit Chris Rock, because that would then give Chris Rock the opportunity to backtrack, say, oh, sorry, sorry, you know, whatever. And then essentially the insult has now been diffused because Chris Rock has taken back what he said, everybody feels, and Will Smith gets the accolade of, you know, you, you stepped up to protect your woman. Even if he got to that point and Chris Rock hadn't apologized, he could grab him, give him a little bit of a roughhouse kind of thing, and then let him go and then walk back to his seat. Everyone would be on in on the joke. It'd be fine and whatnot. But no, he chose not to do that. He chose to steadily walk up to this man and hit him with a sucker punch or slap. That completely wrong. He placed his hands on another person that, you know, wrong. Full, full step. And even he admits it. He said that what he did was wrong. Multiple points of wrongness about that. 
what what blew my mind was the fact that again this is he won the oscar right he's been chasing the oscar and i've always been i've been saying it for for it's like the first time he was up for the oscar was when he went when he was going for ali and he was like yes he's going to win this oscar absolutely but uh denzel washington had been denied the oscar the previous year so instead they gave him for Training Day, which was a good film, good performance, not Oscar award winning, in my opinion, but they gave it to him at the cost of Will Smith. So I'm like, OK, you know, Will, don't worry. This is your first Oscar nomination. Your next one, you'll get it. Next one comes along. It's Pursuit of Happiness. Rocked that film. But then Forrest Whitaker goes up with uh, Last King of Scotland, Idi Amin. And come on, it was a powerhouse performance. Again, somebody who des- has deserved an Oscar for numerous great performances, but hasn't. So they were like, okay, you know what, Will Smith, just, you know, pay your dues, pay your dues, come back later, you get another Oscar. Then he comes back with this third nomination, um, which is King Richard. And it's like, it's obvious he's going to win it. So I'm like, Sidney Poitier better not come out with a film last minute and then he gets that award, nothing. It was all set for him to go and pick it up. And then he has to go and do that. Now, that, that, uh, that Oscar that he has won now will forever have a an asterisk next to it because they won't be talking about the film they won't be talking about the fact that he won the award they'll be talking about the fact that he went up and he slapped the host because the host made a very weak unfunny joke about his wife now i don't want to step into the whole argument about you know was it appropriate for chris rock to make that joke about jada and so on and what what, but at any day it, it is an award ceremony where typically they get roasted right they get that that's the point of the host the host is supposed to be there supposed to make jokes of the people who are coming to receive the awards at at the end of the day it's it's them patting themselves on the back right it's sort of like look at the golden globes look at what ricky gervais did he was scathing his his insults were harsh right but funny right they were they were cutting in numerous, the, the Mel Gibson got hit, uh, Tim Allen got hit, a whole bunch of people got hit from Ricky Gervais's jokes. But still, none of them stepped up and slapped him in the face. Will Smith has to be the one. And what, the bit as well that really, like, it's sort of, when you talk about, like, the, the, the you know, emasculation of Will Smith because he made fun of his wife, again, I don't, I don't, I'm going to slip into that, but I don't want to. Either way. The joke before that was uh, the fact that it, because Chris Rock had made a joke about Javier Bardem, who was also nominated in the same category as Will Smith. Penelope Cruz was also nominated. And Chris Rock made a funny joke. And I admit that was a funny joke. He said, if Penelope Cruz doesn't win it, Javier Bardem better not win his. Because he's, he's gonna, when, when Penelope Cruz doesn't win her Oscar, um, Javier Bardem is going to be saying, Will Smith better win this Oscar. Because if he go, if he does he's not going to have a happy home to go home to that's the joke that was a funny joke and it was at the expense of Javier Bardem right you could also say at the expense of Penelope Cruz saying that you know she's if she doesn't win she's going to be a mean-spirited wife you know to her husband and not want her husband to win you could say that they took it in stride no problem and that's how he segued into Will Smith and segued to James uh, James Pinkett Smith and then that insult was made for decades, I have been a Will Smith defender. I, nothing, he, he could have done nothing wrong in my eyes until that moment. 
And I felt I it, that day was ruined for me. And it's weird. It's stupid to say that. It is stupid to say that. It's not like he killed anybody. It, and this is more my own failings, right? The fact that I watched my, my hero. He's an idol to me. I saw him make that mistake. And I understand that we are human. We all make mistakes. He made that mistake. But it wasn't just that mistake that he made. It was kind of everything leading up to the mistake, the mistake itself, and everything following that mistake. All of that stuff just compounded everything. Because I was like, you know, okay, when he wins the Oscar, because I, I was still as convinced he was going to win the Oscar. And he went, he picked up his Oscar, and I was like, okay, you have your chance to redeem yourself. Just apologize to the man that you hit. He apologized to everybody else but the man that he hit. He apologized to the Oscars. He apologized to the, the, the attendees. He apologized to, I don't know, the stage crew and whatnot, but didn't apologize to the one person that he went and he struck in the face. And that was, and, and yeah, 24 hours later, he released a press release. What, what is that? It's no, it was ridiculous. And so for me, it was a case where I love you, man. I do, but I, I, I'm, I'm handing my Will Smith card back. Still, he's still a great guy. Doesn't, doesn't, he's, I'm not going to relegate him to the bins of history like a lot of other people that have had respect for the, the things have come out about them. And now they, they can no longer be cast in films or walk in the daylight or whatever. I'm not going to do that to him. It, this is the it, that was the if 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 uh, he, he needed any kind of defending i mean, i have i have my defense set up if anyone were to say why he did it and so on and so forth i have my defense set up i i have reasons i i it's like i looked at his face when he was what throughout that whole thing i looked at his face and i personally believe i know exactly what he was thinking why he did it I'm not going to say it here unless there's another podcast and we start talking about theories and whatnot, but I'm hoping that that just dies down by this point. Um, but I'm handing him my Will Smith card. Uh, he, I'm, he, I'm placing him off that pedestal, which I shouldn't have in the first place, but we all do. We all have our own heroes and heroines that we place high up in a pedestal. And we look at them and say, that's who I want to be when I grow up. I don't want to be Will Smith anymore. And it, for me, that's a sad day because you ask my friends, ask my family, for decades, I have adored that man. And now he's, uh, he's human. That's how I, that's the only way I can really put it. He's now human. And I know that sounds stupid, but it's just, why? Why did you do that? Anyway, that's my rant about the Oscars. I don't, I didn't think it was going to go that long. Producer Dave. What did you think about the slap at the Oscars? <laughs> what did I think of the slap? Um, mm, difficult one, because as you know, um, I have not always been a Will Smith fan. In actual fact, um, we had this little tete-a-tete -tete a few weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, where I said that the program that made him famous, I did not really buy into. And the reason, I said was that it was pandering as far as I was concerned. At the moment, I have some sympathy for him because he did what he did to protect someone he loved, irrespective of that he was not in the fight. And the good thing was that he didn't punch it, punch um, 
Chris Rock because if he had, after all that training for Ali, he would have knocked him out and that would have been even worse. He slapped him. But quite a lot of his fans who venerated him from that program from many years ago have now turned against him in the same way as they've turned against any other black man who's accused of something and kind of found guilty in the public eye. And as someone said to me today, you reap what you sow. And this is what's going to happen. I personally don't think that we're going to be seeing too much of Will Smith in the future. It's going to be a very long time before we see him in anything substantial. Unlike another person who turned around and said something that was construed as racist only a couple of years ago, and is now still making films and being venerated yet again. It's a reversal of fortunes. However, I don't see him coming back as quickly as this person did. Anyway, like you said, theories and what have you, that's my little take on it. I'm not gonna go any further on it. Let's move on. I, absolutely. And it, 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 we could easily fall into that trap and keep arguing, but I respect your opinion. I. I totally agree with you um from what you've pointed out there is the uh, there, there is the element of there is the racial elements there uh with regards to the punishment that's being doled out versus you know etc but i'm not i'm not going to dive into that because at the end of the day we can have that in another conversation on another podcast i just wanted to rant I, I haven't had the opportunity to rant and express my opinion i want to thank you very much for letting me just go off the rails and talk about that. But we're going to move swiftly on from that, and we're going to start talking about some more, uh, some more exciting, more interesting, more topics that are related to the show that we have today. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. So we've just moved, we're moving from that conversation about the slap and everything else. Let's dust it, leave it our tracks, and let's move on to more exciting, more interesting news. Producer Dave, have you seen Moon Knight? No, I haven't. I've heard a little bit about it, but I don't know very much about it. So take it away. Fair enough. So Moon Knight is, uh, is the MCU, uh, the, the MCU's newest addition to its catalog on the TV side of things. So it is on. You can find it on uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, they show it every Wednesday, and it stars uh, Oscar Isaac. The synopsis on IMDb reads. Uh, Stephen Grant discovers he's been granted the powers of an Egyptian moon god, but he soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse on his troubled life. Now, Oscar Isaac, just I, I, everything he does, I love it. You'd recognize him from uh, uh, from the latest editions of the Star Wars movies. Uh, he played uh, Cameron, is it Cameron Poe or Dam Dameron Poe? The pilot. Um, you also recognize him in other things. Um, most recently, Dune. That's the one thing he did recently. Um, he played uh, Duke uh, Leto Atreides, Atreides, if I remember correctly. He's just he's fantastic. Other people that are in the film is in the TV show as well. You've got Ethan Hawke. Uh, I don't know where Ethan Hawke has been, but it's the first time he just popped up back in the MCU. In the MCU, so he's in there. Uh, F. Murray Abraham does a voice of a character. I don't want to spend you know to go too much into that because you sh you should check it out the tv output of the of mcu um i wouldn't say it's hit and miss or hit or miss it is basically it, it's i mean th that's one of the reasons why i'm, I'm 
who is a supporter of the MCU. Um, everybody knows this. I've ranted and raved long enough that you, if you, you could say I'm on their payroll and there's no way I can defend myself. Um, and I, I did like their output. I liked um, uh, WandaVision. I really liked WandaVision. I really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier. I really, really loved Hawkeye. Loki for me started off strong, uh, but as it got towards the end, and I think it was, it's mainly the last episode in Loki, um, I thought there was, uh, they, they were trying to crowbar this character who's going to be major in the next phase of the MCU. And so they just basically used that episode as his introduction. And it wasn't even an action-packed introduction. It was more of a talky introduction. I, I like I like dialogue and whatnot, but I'm, I'm digressing. Anyway, just that last episode of Loki kind of put the TV show on a downer for me. Anyway, they kind of stopped with the TV shows for a bit. Then they went back into the major movies and released um, you know, No Way From Home, which I thought was phenomenal, which we can talk about after this, uh, uh, Producer Dave. But then they come back with Moon Knight and they are punching hard with Moon Knight because it's just going to subvert your ex expectations at every turn. Uh, Oscar Isaac starts off playing and he, he goes in and he's, he's, he's a Cuban-American actor, but he's he's got a thick... English South London or North London English accent. And it's like, okay, that's a bold choice. And I didn't know why, but you find out why as the show goes on. Um, and, and another thing as well, um, we're about three episodes in and I, I, maybe it's me not being eagle-eyed enough, but I haven't seen a single reference being made to the larger MCU um uh, you know, canon, because obviously with other shows, you get, you know, it's littered with, with references and Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff. So people are pouring away. I haven't done much of the research. However, some of the thumbnails I've been watching on YouTube, um, they, they, you know, they've mentioned, yeah, we, we, we're trying to find some sort of reference to show, because if, if you didn't know that it was, that Moon Knight was a character in Marvel, you could easily watch this as just a completely brand new show of its own back. So I'm waiting to see how they inject it into the MCU. I don't even know when in the MCU timeline it's set. For all we know, um, all of this, and maybe again, from my perspective, um, I don't know when it's set. Uh, I do. As it's, it's set in present day. So you know when it's set. Okay. It's set I don't just after Endgame. I don't, I don't want you to tell me. I don't want you to tell me. Okay, I, I, too late. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear what you said, and I don't want you to tell me. Um, so do, do you know that because you read up on it? Um, Unfortunately, what I, what I did was I looked at Moon Knight because um, yes. something came up on the news thing. And one of the first lines I read was that it was set, blah, blah, blah. So that's what I know okay. about it. And then I stopped reading it okay. because I thought, well, if I'm going to watch this, I don't want to know too much more about it. Well, if, if that's the case, and I like to, I consider myself as being, a very observant person when I'm watching TV shows and movies and whatnot, they haven't referenced any of the outside world of the MCU universe at all, unless I've missed it. And I can say, I can, I'll, I'll hold my hand up and say, yeah, okay, fair enough. If they have mentioned it, it's been fleeting. I know that in one of the recent episodes, um, okay, so I, so I did hear someone mention something and there's a, in, the third episode, they go to a certain location. And as soon as when they got to that location, it immediately reminded me of something in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. 
but I know for certain it wasn't the same location. It was just the, you know, the fact it was an exotic location and it just reminded me of them going to that particular location. And I thought, hmm, maybe a similarity. So there, may, there might have been a throwaway comment referencing that location that it was in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I must have missed. But yes, that's the only, that would have been the only kind of reference, which in that, if that's the case, then now it dates it. And now I have an idea as to where it is. However, I'm, the reason why I'm mentioning that part is the fact that they have steered clear of any obvious references to the MCU. So you're watching this and you're watching it as basically an action drama or an action um, TV show about a guy who has who has his own troubles. I'm not going to explain what those troubles are because I like you to go in cold. He has his own issues, his own personal problems, and then there's some supernatural element added to those troubles, and that's where we go off. And it's just wonderful. It's very well done. Um, Oscar Isaac smacks it again. He's just fantastic. Um, Ethan Hawke. He, whenever he, he's, he knows how to play evil brewing is he has resting evil brewing face and he does it just to perfection in this. So I'm um, an F Murray Abraham. I mean, the dude crushes every day. He's in, uh, it was he, uh, Amadeus, I think he won an Oscar for, for Amadeus, um, uh, where he, I think he played Salary, Salieri and, and uh, I've seen him recently in, I think it's called Mythic Quest, which is on, um, on Apple TV, and he's, he's basically, his comedic chops are just amazing. You don't see him in it, you just hear his voice, and his voice is just brilliant. Um, but yeah, so Moon Knight for me at the moment, at the, the level that it's at, um, I want to place it as, in terms of, you know, from MCU TV property so far, it is it's still up and rising, it's still rising, it's not right at the top, because I think far Falcon Winter Soldier just really crushed it. I know there was some critique, there's some critique about some of the political angles on it. And you know, the the whole, whole the speech that he gives at the very end, a lot of people kind of mock it because it's being very preachy, but I don't care about that stuff. Um, I still hold Winter Soldier pretty much at Falcon and Winter Soldier right at the top there. Hawkeye, I really Hawkeye and Falcon and Winter Soldier pretty much a battle in neck for, in neck and neck for first position for me, my personal favorite in the TV series uh, so far. But that's mainly because, I mean, Jeremy Renner, he kills it as Hawkeye. Um, and uh, oh, I, I always forget her name, who played Kate Bishop. She's in Pitch Perfect, etc. cetera. I, she, she's amazing whenever she does her stuff. And then you've got Fl um, Florence Pugh, who is just, I mean, they need to give her her own standalone movie just because she's amazing. So they make that show fantastic. So in fact, you know what? I've just I've just argued myself into saying my favorite is Hawkeye. It's right at the top. Plus, it was on, it was set at Christmas, and who doesn't love Christmas? So that's my favorite at the moment. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier straight after that. Then we have One Division. Then Loki is is underneath. But now Moon Knight has come in, and for me, Moon Knight is pushing itself into third. I want it to be to remain as consistently good as it is, and I want it to expand you know, to just go even better. As soon as it gets better, I can see it pushing itself forward and getting to number one. As long as they, you know, in my opinion, they don't drop the ball. Who knows? I I, I don't know. They, they're juggling a lot of properties. They're working. They're doing great work um, at uh, MCU. 
you know, I just can't wait for the movies to come back. I've seen, and speaking of the MCU movies, I know I'm segueing like, like a, a squirrel on, AD, on, uh, on, on, on medication, but um, the trailer recently dropped for Thor, Love and Thunder. And I always have a rule that I avoid MCU trailers, right? I always try to avoid MCU trailers because I want to go in cold. I want to enjoy it. But something made me watch this trailer and it doesn't give much away. It pretty much just, it's kind of like a previously on Thor, right? So it just basically kicks off and it just shows kind of a space between what has just happened at the end of Endgame and maybe just the beginning of what's going to happen in Love and Thunder, which is perfect. I love the fact that they did it that way um, because I got to watch it. It is, obviously it's Taika Waititi, who I think right now can do no wrong. He can go and slap Chris Rock at the Oscars and I would still think he's great. Uh, but, um, you know, he the, that trailer alone, I am in for Thor, Love and Thunder. I am in 150,000%. Um, but I'm not going to watch any more trailers because the little bit I watched, I was cracking up. There's one bit in particular that is just amazing and it's his interaction with, uh, uh, with um, Star-Lord. And it's and Chris Hemsworth, man, dude is the dude is the best. <laughs> He's the best. Anyway, I've 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 ranted for too much for too long. Moon Knight is on Disney Plus. They're dropping an episode every Wednesday. I can't wait to watch it and see the end and see how it goes and see how they pull it into the MCU. Um, and we're gonna move on from one MCU property and we're gonna go into another MCU property, MCU slash Sony property in a few minutes. But until then, you've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And just before you go on, I, I want to make a little comment about um, Moon Knight and the way that the Disney have been dropping their, their, their properties. Because unlike a lot of other streaming services who are in trouble at the moment, but that's another story, um, they're doing it week by week, which I actually quite like. I, I like the anticipation, to be quite honest. There's an argument to be had for putting all the episodes out there all at once or releasing it week by week. And personally, sometimes I think it's better just to have a weekly show if you, to look forward to. You know what? I, okay. I, you know what? Here's, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I, I'm, let, let's, let us... Okay, so I, was, I said we were gonna we were gonna talk about uh, the uh, the MCU Sony property uh, just now. But I want to ah, you caught me at a point where now I want to have an argument with you. This is why I like just having these this one on one conversations with you without the annoying guests coming. Janasuru, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> no, but I like having these conversations because if this is what this show is about. Is about you know, us just having a conversation about stuff that I like to talk about, which is filmed and TV. And I want to talk to you about the whole idea of dropping it all at once versus, um, you know, weekly installments. But I want to tackle that in its own subject. So maybe let's do that next week. Is that okay? okay? Let's yeah, sure. I want to come back and I want to tackle, I want to watch a couple more episodes of, of this and I will come back because I have, got, I have loads, of, loads of opinions. I have loads of thoughts that I want to, I want to drop on that. But let's go in to talk about No Way Home. So, uh, 
Moon Knight, we talked about Moon Knight, we're now moving on to the latest installment, the third installment of the uh, Sony Marvel partnership to bring Spider-Man to the big screen, No Way Home. I love how they kept the, the theme going, where it first first one was Homecoming, then the second one was Far From Home, and then now was No Way Home. Really, really enjoyed it. Now, um, it's it's been out for a while. So, Producer Dave, obviously, I, I already know the answer to this question, but I'm just going to ask anyway. Have you seen Spider-Man No Way Home? Dude, of course. <laughs> Dude. Okay. So, I, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to throw, toss the ball over to you. Tell us what No Way Home is about and what your, your thoughts were about the film. Okay. Uh, no Way Home followed on from his... Uh, battle with Mysterio and basically in this particular film it starts off with the premise that Mysterio has outed Spider-Man everyone in the world now knows who he is i.e Peter Parker and as a result of this and him trying to protect himself his family his friends and what have you he asks a certain wizard to construct a spell to make everyone forget. But he then says, oh, but I want this person to remember, and I want this person to remember, and I want this person to remember. The spell goes wrong, and we are then plunged into the multiverse where a lot of things happen. And a lot of old enemies come flying back into his present. Ah, I'm not gonna say any more about that, Okay, so I just I, okay, and that's a good that's a good point that you that you just made here that you don't want to say any more about it because obviously it has only just come out. It came out in the last six months and it's just come on video, and so obviously people are going to be worried about spoilers and whatnot. So I guess the, this is essentially all in the trailer and, and whatnot. So some of the people have actually found out. I would say now, this. I, just, yeah. I would say this though. The spoilers happened within two days of it being released. So a lot of people <laughs> already know what happened in it. Um, I did as well when I first, when I saw it. So I already knew what was happening. I just didn't know how it was going to happen, but I'm not going to spoil it. Just to do one little correction. You said, um, you know, some villains from his past, which is not entirely true. Yeah, it I know. Not- I know. Yeah. I know. But I was trying not to give too much away. Sure. Sure, uh, and we'll keep it that. We'll, we'll try not to be. We'll try not to spoil it any further than that. But you're absolutely right. And okay, so again, I asked you the question: What were your thoughts about the movie? I actually very much enjoyed it. I, I actually, I, I found it very, very much a romp. Uh, there were some serious bits in it, and there was a part in there that I didn't understand uh, to do with um, Doctor Strange, who popped up in there. He said he said something, and I was like, "Pardon, that long?" So uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. It was a very good film. Um, I'm not too sure which one out of the three I would say was best, but I did like it a lot. I wasn't too comfortable with the ending. Okay, all right. I loved No Way Home. I've watched it three times already, and those three times, two, uh, two of those times was in the space of. Uh, a week. I mean, Tom Holland is my Spider-Man. Absolutely, that that is, is goes without saying. He's fantastic. I'm not going to mention anything else about any of the you know the other films. But 
the sense that every to be honest, it's been it's been in the newspapers, it's been on Facebook, it's been on YouTube and whatnot. So a lot of the elements that you know that were in it that really for me made the film amazing, both from a story point of view as well as from the meta perspective, you know, the metaphysical perspective, or you know, being you know from outside influences it would made it even even fa- even more fantastic um that it happened and it would have been even even more brilliant if i had just put myself in a full bubble to wait you know avoid all of the spoilers and gone into it completely clean had that happened i would just have exploded with joy having watched it that explosion was curtailed because i knew what was going to happen going in and as such you know it wasn't that much of, it, 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 it kind of ruined that for me i want to do a spoiler episode because i want to keep talking about what all the various elements that happened in the film i thought everybody was absolutely fantastic i thought it was it, it, it's just it, it, you you are you said you didn't know which one was your favorite Are the same kind of thing as endgame it's like i don't consider endgame my favorite mcu movie uh, for that, that honor goes to it's a it's a two way tie between Thor Ragnarok and I say three way tie I guess Thor Ragnarok and the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Volume Two. Those three are my favorite in the MCU. After you move those three along, we go to Endgame because I can watch Endgame on repeat and I still get the goosebumps in that final battle scene. Because that is like, I just, I, I can just watch that final battle scene on YouTube and I still get the goosebumps. And the reason why is because the, the, that movie is great because of everything that came before it, right? On its own, as a standalone movie, if you ignore everything that came before it, that movie doesn't have as much of the emotional gut punch that it has. But because you've been with these people for 20 years, Right, because that's I mean that's when Iron Man came out, right? That's when we we wanted to kick started the whole Marvel franchise. That was it's hard. It, it, imagine that was was that actually no, I, I may be mistaken. It wasn't twenty years. Was it twenty years? When when did Iron Man come out? So two thousand and eight is when Iron Man came out. Um, and obviously, to, um, Avengers Endgame came out what just before uh, the pandemic. So it was two thousand and eighteen. So ten years. Sorry, so not 20 years, but 10 years. So that film, Endgame, was 10 years of build-up, right? With all of those other films that came before. Three phases of films came before Endgame. And that, that built that moment in that final battle scene. Uh, and everyone's, everyone's already seen Endgame, so everybody knows that bit. The bit where it's Captain America with his broken shield standing on his own against Thanos and his army. And the fact that you know that he's going to get slaughtered because, yeah, you have Thor and you have Iron Man, but both of them are basically been knocked down. But Captain America straps his shield on his half broken shield, even though he knows going to his battle, he's going to die. But that's the, that is his motto. I could do this all day. He pulls that strap. He's ready to go and fight. But just before he goes in, that static pops in his ear and he hears on your left that still freaking gives me goosebumps to this day even talking about it right now that gives me goosebumps right and then all the portals opening up and all of them just pouring through and that music swelling I, i'm like this is i'm 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 
I, I'm I'm here. I'm in heaven. This is heaven. As that, I had a similar feeling with No Way Home. Not too much to the degree of Avengers, but because of the same principles, right? Because No Way Home is a combination of a whole bunch of films that had no business being tied together. You know what I mean? It's like looking at it from a from from a real you know from the real world perspective. All of those movies got tied in together and got pulled up to that final. And there were emotional climaxes at different points. There were payoffs in different points. That you're like, oh, there's that one scene in particular. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's that one scene with that one person that rescued that one person, and you in and and. Oh, I, and that actor, he's an amazing actor as well. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, you, you know what I'm talking about. Where it's like, and anybody who, who's watched the film knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I'm hopefully not spoiling it because different people get saved at different points. One person saves one person and they say thank you. And the person says no problem. And you know, it's like, it was such a redemption moment. that just, I, my heart sang at that moment. I'm like, no way home crushes it and i saw uh, there was a there's an internet meme i i caught it in in and just it, it flitted past i just batted away but i managed to catch them the message in the meme and it said that uh, no way home is great because of all of the movies that came before it pretty much what i just said um and yes that's absolutely true but i love it for that reason because they worked it and they made it great um I, with what you said about the ending, you don't. It left you. Did you say it left you on a sound on a down note? Is that what you said? I, I said, uh, you know, I, I wasn't too happy with it. But uh, just to quickly go back, just to go quickly go back to something you said. You said you watched it three times this week. Yes, <clears throat> I, I read somewhere that this man has just gone into the Guinness World of Records because he's watched it two hundred ninety-two times. Wow, that is okay. Two hundred ninety-two times. And he was asked the question, which one of his, which one of the three um, actors who played <laughs> Spider-Man was his favorite? And yeah. the answer surprised me actually. Really? Okay. Yeah, the answer surprised me because the one he picked was the one I've not watched really. To be, no, oh, okay. the, one, the one he picked is the one I've only seen in one film. Sure. And that, that was the middle Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, I, I I figured I figured who you were talking about. So, um, but look, uh, Tom, Tom Holland is is my is my Spider Man, but he he's fighting in a in a very tough league, in my, my opinion, right? Because before him, I mean, when Sam Raimi had uh, control of the Spider Man franchise, you had Tobey Maguire, and say what you will about Tobey Tobey Maguire. I, th I think he kind of, he did very well. He held up the role. He did it very well, in my opinion. Then you had Andrew Garfield who stepped in and dude knocked out the park because I was looking at and it's like, he represented, you know, the UK. I'm like, yes, good. Go and show these Americans how, how, to, how to do their own characters. And then Tom Holland came in and did it even better. And I'm like, oh, amazing. So yeah, those three, um, they, they did very good work. Tom Holland is my favorite and I really, really enjoyed it. I'm, I didn't like the film enough to be able to go and watch it 200 times. Um, because <laughs> I reserve that right, that honor to Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I have watched it at least 250 times in my lifetime. Yeah, that film came out in 2000, maybe 2001. So 
we're talking 22 years, but still, um, you know, I, I saying that now, as soon as we have this, we finish this conversation, I'm going to go back on and put on No Brother Where Art Thou, because that <laughs> movie is just great. It's great. It, it's it's my heart song. And I've, I I was I was thinking the other day, if, if you know, my, I'm, I'm documenting this. This is now, this is, this is documenting. So it is official because I'm putting it out there into the world. Um, if I were to, if I were able to plan my final moments, my final moments essentially would be, I would spend the day with my family and then an hour before my death, I would send all my family away because I don't want them to watch me die. And I would grab some food, eat some food, get some, uh, some uh, dark rum, uh, Morgan Spice, especially. I get Morgan Spice and Coke. I have Morgan Spice and Coke. I'd sit there. I'd watch Guardians of the Galaxy. And then just to finish it off, I would start Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I hope to pass in the middle uh, of, of watching Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's how I plan to, I say, I say that's how I plan to go. If I had any uh, say in how I went, that's how I would want to go. Um, yeah, that's, so that's, uh, that's, that was our conversation about No Way Home. It's currently on, uh, on, it's released on DVD, um, video on demand. So it's done its theatrical run. Most likely they're going to do the same thing where they'll attach a few extra minutes, a deleted scene or two, and then go back into the cinema and try and get it back in there and, uh, and see what happens. But, you know, if they do, they do. I'm not going to go back to the cinema to watch it because I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, as it is, uh, but I think they did an amazing job. No way home. Full, fully recommended. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. and I'm producer Dave. And I just want to I want to wrap up uh, with a Sony movie. It's just like you know, Sony with Sony with with Marvel holding their hands hit the heights with No Way Home. I want to talk about them going on their own and smacking face first into the ground with Morbius, um, which is, which, uh, and it's, this is the thing. I want to watch Morbius, oh, no, I wanted to watch Morbius, right? Because I remember, I remember the character uh, of Morbius, who's a Spider-Man villain, right? I remember Morbius from the, uh, the uh, 90s Spider-Man cartoon, right? That's where I remember the character from. And he was he stuck in my head. He's a vampire, obviously. So, you know, of course, he's memorable. So when I heard he was being brought to the big screen, Jared Leto was going to be playing him. It was going to be kind of like, how did Venom? I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I wanted to see it. And then it came out and the, the internet, the interwebs are just awash with negative, negative reviews, negativity being hurled at this film, it's like, I haven't found a single person that said, oh, I liked it, it was a great film. The best review I've heard, or the most positive review I've heard of Morbius is, it was an okay film. <laughs> and it's like, wow, just uh, dabbing with faint praise, that's great. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just, it's been attacked from multiple angles for various reasons. Um, and it just it just came to the point where I was like, well, um, I'll watch it when it comes on TV or if I'm on a plane and it's there, I'm definitely going to watch it because I'm not going to pay for it uh, because <laughs> I want to see it um, just just to just to see how bad it is. But it is just it has been torn to shreds. Um, 
who knows? I, I, I don't. Know. Have, have you seen Morbius yet? No, I haven't. I just, I just feel. I, I, I'm just wondering whether or not a lot of these critics have got it in for Morbius, or have they just got it in for Jared Leto? Because it seems like the last three, four films that the poor guy's been in, they've just like panned him or panned it. See, okay, here's the thing. Um, I, I know where you're coming from. However, I don't think. It, I, I, I don't think it's even that, um, uh, oh, the words in my head, uh, it's not that insidious, right? It's not at all. It is because the, I, I looked at a range of reviewers. So it wasn't just, you know, like the same type of reviewers that I, I've watched their, their reviews and whatnot. No, I listened to a complete, a diverse range of reviewers and all of them had the same complaints. So it's not just, it, it's not, an insidious thing. It's not a conspiracy against Jared Leto. It's the fact that Jared Leto apparently sucks when he's doing his movies and not in the vampire sense. Because okay, what okay? <laughs> look, look at look at what he's come out with recently, right? So we'll go back as far as Suicide Squad because he went he won the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club, right? Yeah. Um, he, he won the Oscar then. That, and then, then everyone's like, okay, Jared Leto, everyone's been, you know, singing Jared Leto's praise. And then he goes in and he does Suicide Squad and he plays the Joker straight after Heath Ledger, or not, not straight after, but after Heath Ledger, who won an Oscar for playing that character. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Which kind of Joker are you trying to be? And then you heard all the stories as to what he was doing on set, you know, being method and everything. And that just, that puts people off because I think it was Robert Patterson um, that said it, either Robert Patterson or some other actor that said it, that it's funny how you only hear about actors being method when they are being terrible people. You never hear of someone opening the door for someone, holding the door for someone, you know, being very polite and then saying, oh no, it's because I'm being method. And it's true. You never hear that. You never hear of actors being method when they're being good people. They're always just being annoying a-holes, right? It's like, for example, him being method for, um, for Morbius. One of the stories that was going around was because the character of Michael Morbius, he is, um, he's, he's very frail and he's, he needs to work, walk on crutches and whatnot. So he, uh, I can't remember exactly what debilitating disease he has. Um, but he has to walk on crutches and in wheelchairs. And he made people push him around on a wheelchair because it, it, in order to stay in character. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Why? It, it, no, there's that. No, it's, it's, it's freaking Morbius. It's not, you, you, no, no, simply no. And that's the reason. So it's like, it, it's, it becomes from, and this is again my own personal opinion. Feel free to take it or leave it. It becomes just indulgent nonsense, right? Self-indulgent nonsense when people like that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about someone like Daniel Day Lewis, for example, because Daniel Day Lewis, to be honest, if he ever were to go and do an episode of I don't know Dharma and Greg, I know that show's been cancelled. It's a deep pull. I don't know why I went there, but I'm just going there because that's the first comedy that popped into my head. 
if he were to appear on one of those kind of episodes, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I know they I keep going with shows that have been canceled and finished, but if he were to go and do a comedy, I'm pretty sure Daniel Day-Lewis will go full method in doing comedy as well, right? You go, if he, whatever, he, that, that's him. You, everybody knows, everybody expects that of him, but that's because when he does it and you see the performance on camera, there is no denying the dude is electric. He is that, he is that being, you know what I mean, right? But when you compare with what Jared Leto is doing, where he's going method as the Joker, and you see what the joke, what Joker performance he does, and you're like, what are you doing? Or he does the same thing as Michael Morbius, and you're like, dude, what are you seriously? What what are you doing? That this was this is what we're hearing that you've been behaving like a great a a hole to do this for this is the final. No, it's stupid. So that so I understand why you're saying that there's you, you know you it, it might be a conspiracy or it's insidious that it's about him. And I, I don't I don't believe that's the case. I think, yes, there may be some people who are delighted. You know, the whole schadenfreude situation where they, is it schadenfreude? Where they are happy at his downfall, right? So yes, they're laughing hysterically because of how terrible the film is done, but that's because it's deserved, right? It, the, the, from, again, I haven't watched the film. I'm, I've listened to people tell the full plot of the film and they've all been very consistent in what they've said and this, what they've said has basically if, if you know it, it's just it's a it, they, they're people talking about the fact that there's studio interference and maybe there there's a cut of the film that is out there that is completely different and actually rescues kind of like the whole Zack Snyder uh, cut of uh, Justice League who knows right um <laughs> to be honest I, I don't think that's the case because Morbius from what I've heard, and I need to watch it to, to make sure it, it isn't. It is basically a mishmash of contradictions and 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 problems and whatnot. And they made it a PG-13. And it's like, as soon as you hear it's a PG-13, this is a movie about a vampire. Why is it PG-13? You can't you can't have a, especially when you have a Deadpool movie out there that is rated 18, and they go for the hard R uh, ratings, right? Because it's like it's a comic book movie. They don't, they know who the character is supposed to be. They're not going to blunt him just so they can get teenagers and not even teenagers, tweens to get in to go and watch this movie. But PG 13, of course, they want to try and get more bang for their buck, right? I say more, but it's not even more bang for their buck. They're just trying to get more buck for less bang because from, you know, the fact that they're not showing blood at any point, they don't show it when he's drinking. It, it just, anyway, it's just, I'm, I could keep ranting and I'm ranting about a movie I haven't seen yet. So I'm going to go see, I will see the movie when it becomes free, unless someone wants to make me see it and they pay for me to see it, then I'll see it. And I'll come in, I'll come and say, oh no, I was wrong. It was actually a great film. <laughs> anyway, uh, what a, we've, you've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance FM. I, I have been ranting and raving. I want to just take this opportunity to cut back and say, thank you all very much for less, listening to me rant. And rave about my favorite topics film television etc etc without you i wouldn't be doing this thank you very much resonance fm for not listening to our show i keep saying that constantly so continue not listening to our show so i still have this opportunity to rant and rave you have been listening to shoot the breeze on resonance 104.4 fm i have been marcus e Ako. i've been producer dave saying thank you very much for listening and speak to you all next time
Goodbye. Bye. You said you have been producer Dave. Yes, I know. I know. I slipped. I slipped. I slipped. I slipped. I gotcha. I gotcha. (laughs) Well, all I can say to you on that is, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I, I got got it. Dude, 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 dude. I love that scene. I thought I was so strange. <laughs>